In the small town of Oak Bridge, Abby, a tree farmer and amateur botanist, finds herself haunted by a childhood encounter with the Snallygaster, a mysterious creature with a strong resemblance to a dragon. The memories resurface as she tends her tree farm. Determined to unravel the mystery, Abby recalls the first sighting in her childhood, when the Snallygaster landed on the oak tree, prompting her to flee in terror. As she navigates through her daily life in Oakbridge, strange occurrences, including Charlie's unusual behavior, hint at the Snallygaster's presence. Abby overhears local boys discussing sightings fueling her curiosity. Eventually, the Snallygaster attempts to invade her home and take Charlie, giving Abby no choice but to reach out for help in getting rid of the horrifying creature. Welcome to Freaky Folklore, the podcast where we discover horrifying legends across the world and tell terrifying tales of monsters both ancient and modern. Enjoy today's short folklore flash. This is the ending to this week's episode, The Snallygaster, Chimeric Cryptid of America's East Coast. A huge thanks for suggesting this ending goes out to Udall from the Philippines. This show is part of the EerieCast Podcast Network. Find more terrifying tales at EerieCast.com, such as Destination Terror. You can listen to a new episode every week as I take you to horrifying destinations both real and mythical. Be sure to follow us on Spotify or your favorite podcasting service. You can leave an honest review on iTunes, too. The more we get, the more we grow, and hopefully the more monsters we can explore. It was sunrise by the time Abby had finished cleaning the mess from the shattered window and had managed to patch it up temporarily with pieces of wood. She didn't want to take any chance of being vulnerable to an attack if the Snallygaster returned. Charlie, her loyal dog, sat nearby, his watchful eyes reflecting concern. It was surreal to think that the creature she had encountered as a child was real. She had thought the memory had died with her family a long time ago. Charlie nuzzled against her, offering silent comfort, as Abby recalled the haunting memories. When Abby was 15, they were driving home from Christmas at her grandparents' when they were carjacked. Abby was the only one to survive. She trusted very few people. And that's why she lived such an isolated life. Charlie, who had been with her since that tragic day, seemed to sense her unease and nudged her gently. The small town of Oakbridge only had one small grocery store, the hardware store, and a gas station. But in the back of the gas station, the community had set up a small library. The room had been the living quarters of the previous owners, but now housed several shelves full of books and a decent desktop computer. Even though it was outdated, it would be sufficient to do some research on the creature that seemed to haunt not only her past, but now her present. Once the sun was up, Abby got dressed quickly and headed to town. It was time for her to learn more about this creature and how to get rid of it once and for all. Charlie trotted faithfully by her side, a silent companion in her quest. She found accounts of sightings of the Snallygaster that reached back to the 18th century. It had terrorized the region before, but no one could ever locate it or even prove its existence. She couldn't find anything about how to get rid of it, but she did find a story about a man 
who had defeated a wyvern, which was something like a dragon, a few years back, in Switzerland. But it could be a hoax. Thanks to her experience the night before, she believed that there was a chance it could be a true story. So she reached out to the author of the story through an email at the bottom of the page, and then was surprised when she got a reply only a few minutes later. His name was Marco, and he said that everything she read was true. He said that there was a cover-up, because the local government was afraid that the existence of a wyvern would destroy local tourism, their main source of revenue. But it was a very real creature. He said he wasn't an expert, but he did know someone, the same man who had helped him. His name was Griffin. Marco offered to share what he knew and had learned since to help Abby. He was so excited to have the chance to prove that his story was real, he asked if she would be okay with him flying out to investigate. Abby was reluctant, but desperate, so she agreed. And within a few days, Marco was pulling up in her driveway while she waited on her porch. Charlie, sensing a new presence, barked excitedly, but then wagged his tail when he realized it was a friend. Abby, right? He greeted her with a warm smile with an accent that made Charlie cock his head. Abby nodded and they exchanged pleasantries. Charlie circled Marco, sniffing curiously but seemingly approving the new visitor. They talked over coffee, sharing their experiences, and then Abby showed him the damage to her window and the roof just outside it. Charlie, always vigilant, stayed close to Abby, his protective instincts kicking in. We need to keep you and Charlie safe. We'll find a way to stop this thing and prove that creatures like this one really do exist. Marco declared, earning a nod of agreement from Abby and a supportive nuzzle from Charlie. Marco made a call to Griffin, the dragon expert, who became their beacon of knowledge. Over an online connection, he fed them details about the Snallygaster's aversion to the heptagram a symbol deeply rooted in Catholicism and German folklore. The star was also known as the Septigram, or the Fairy Star, and is a part of various religions and cultures, such as Wicca, Christianity, and Welsh culture, symbolizing the planets, the days of the week, infinity or wholeness, and protection from evil. Charlie, lying at Abby's feet, seemed to sense the seriousness of the conversation. Griffin also told them about the connection of the oak tree to Catholicism and how it carried profound symbolism, representing power, spiritual understanding, and force. Then they discussed the significance of seven trees in the Bible as well, and that is when their plan began to take shape. Armed with this information, Abby knew what she needed to do. They would use seven trees lining her property to create a mythical cage to capture the Snallygaster. They would carve the heptagram into seven trees. The first six would circle back around to the large oak tree that she fondly called Old Man Oak. And that is where they would carve the last seven-pointed star to capture the creature long enough for Marco to kill it. Charlie, sensing the gravity of the situation, stayed close to Abby as they prepared for their plan. With a determined spirit, they etched the star into the tree trunks. However, their task wasn't without challenges. As they worked on the last tree, Old Man Oak, the Snallygaster, remembering Abby, 
remembering Abby from the loss of his eye and their previous encounters, made a sudden appearance. Marco unsheathed his weapon, eyes focused on the approaching creature. Stay behind me, Abby. We need to finish this. Charlie, ever loyal, positioned himself between Abby and the creature, emitting low growls as a warning. Trembling, Abby continued etching the symbol on Old Man Oak, her hands guided by a mix of fear and determination. The Snallygaster, sensing the threat, writhed in pain as the final symbol took shape. In the midst of the struggle, Marco instructed her with urgency. Almost there, Abby. Finish it. As the final stroke was etched, the Snallygaster, immobilized by the heptagram's power, let out a final, desperate screech. In a swift motion, Marco dealt the finishing blow with his secret weapon, a spear tipped with a wyvern fang from his backpack. Exhausted but triumphant, Marco turned to Abby, a mix of pride and relief in his eyes. You did it, Abby. You're stronger than you think. Charlie, sensing the shift in energy, wagged his tail in approval playing his part in this otherworldly adventure. Thank you for listening to Freaky Folklore, the podcast about mankind's horrifying legends and myths. Don't forget to follow Freaky Folklore on Spotify and iTunes. If you can, leave the show an honest review on iTunes to help us grow. Freaky Folklore is part of the EerieCast Podcast Network the home for listeners who love to feel scared. Go to EerieCast.com to find other terrifying podcasts, such as Destination Terror, hosted by me, Carmen Carrion. Until next time, stay safe out there, because this world is a strange one. <laughs>